We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another edition of the pack a day podcast i'm your host jacob morley you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i am joined guess who's back Back again, Ross Uglum back from his PGA uh, golf tour uh, premiere. Just kidding. But, Ross, how the heck are you, man? I saw that you potentially won a, a golfing tournament, did well on the links recently. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some listeners might remember uh, Ryan Hillsland from the, uh, the days of From the Benches. He came up and played in our member guest and uh, – it was really fun. Uh, 72 teams. It was a handicapped uh, net event, and we won um, five matches, five nine-hole matches. To or not, we didn't win them all, but won our flight. Got into the uh, knockout derby style championship round, and we're the last team standing. So it was a ton of fun. Um, plenty of drinks were had. It was uh, it was it was fun. I mean, it's it's really it's really fun to still compete. Job, Brooksy. Um, what's uh, actually before we get into football? What's your take on that, Ross? For on, on the, the golf world, on the Brooks Kepka, DeChambeau little rivalry that's going on. I mean, I think it's good for golf. I think you know anything that gets you closer to other sports is is generally good good for golf. Uh, people think it's soft. People think it's very white, uh, which it is. But um, you know, people think that it's you know kind of the the sport of the rich and it it's it's doesn't have you know the wide appeal that the NFL or the 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 NBA does and um, I don't think it'll ever get there but it's to have these rivalries and have actually actually guys you know talking junk that's that's getting you closer and closer to you know some of the more mainstream sports and and some of that drama you know, is, is, is what makes these so attractive, you know, and what, what people dig that man, like the NBA at this point, I think people are more interested in like player movement and the off season and who's beefing with who on Twitter 
than just about everything but the actual NBA Finals. Um, and, and that's just, uh, you know, something that, that the, the PGA is lacking because there are no teams, there are no transactions. Um, so when, when, when two guys legitimately have beef, I think it's just tremendously entertaining and, and providing something that golf doesn't normally provide. Yeah, and you just you basically just touched on exactly what I am as a fan. As someone that doesn't watch golf regularly, I love that there is a rivalry between those two guys. It draws me in. And I also don't really watch NBA basketball until the playoffs. So, uh, that's <laughs> so me. boom, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's me. Uh, but speaking of watching and all eyes being on something, obviously we need to touch on the Aaron Rodgers drama. Uh, typically, if there's no news, we don't give you news. But – uh, there was some news today, Ross, and today it's Monday evening right now, and uh, it seems like a lot of the news comes from the Pat McAfee show, and David Bakhtiari was on the show today, and we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of the body language police or the semantics police, but uh, one thing that I did find really interesting that he said, and he didn't say a lot, but he, he Smart said, guy. and I, yeah, he, well, he is, and I quote, he, he or I'm not really actually quoting. I'm paraphrasing. He's excited to watch how this all unfolds. And Ross, my question for you is because I think it's interesting to say when you're talking about the possibility of not playing with the MVP, with not playing with your alleged best friend, excited to watch it unfold seems like an interesting choice of words, specifically excited because anything that involves Aaron Rodgers not being in Green Bay for David Bakhtiari to me feels like it's not that exciting. So what was your take on that? Just having listened to that. Yeah. You know, I think you're probably right. Um, And it's the same thing I've said all along. People ask me my opinion of what's going to happen. And the quarterback comes back, I think Um, one way or another, he's under contract for three years. They're not prepared to move on from him, and he doesn't have any real ability to move on from them. You know, this isn't the NBA. The player empowerment era isn't, you know, I would say it isn't quite here yet. Um, they are certainly more more powerful than they have been in the past, and I think uh, he's got to be one of the more powerful players probably in, you know, the NFL outside of maybe Mahomes, but – he also can't trade himself. Okay, he's not able to do that. Uh, he has to basically, if he doesn't want to play for the Packers, he's got to sit out. And so the lack of, you know, actual power in the situation or actual control of his own destiny is what makes me think that he's eventually going to have to come back, even if it's for this. Uh, you know, one year bridge that people keep talking about as a compromise. I actually don't think that happens. I actually honestly think he ends up, they end up figuring out like an actual deal for, for him to be the guy. And at some point the, you know, the, the Jordan love thing just kind of gets written off as a mistake or written off as not even necessarily a mistake, but just knowing that, Okay, um, this is this is not going to be what we do. We thought we had a declining quarterback. We don't. We still believe in our evaluation of Jordan Love. 
but this is only a four-year contract with a one-year option. And right now it would appear that we have this opportunity to win with number 12. And, you know, I think he's pissed. And, and I will say this too, you know, um, Gutekunst, uh, whatever, I, I think he's done a great job rebuilding the roster. I think they should keep him, honestly. But if, you know, they need to throw Mark Murphy out of the plane to get this whole thing copacetic, I'll hand him a parachute. I, I You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I think I tweeted that the other day where it's like, you know, all, all of this, I would, I would put myself in the camp of I'm really annoyed with 12. I, I am. And I don't know everything going on in the background. I, I have no idea. But this, the optics of it to me aren't good. I'm annoyed with it. I still want him to be the quarterback in Green Bay. Make no mistake about that. I want the I want the reigning MVP to be my quarterback. I still believe in Jordan Love. I, I said I think I may be Jordan Love's biggest fan. I think we saw some of the potential and the upside this last week at minicamp. And lastly, I don't really give a damn about Mark Murphy. You don't you don't think they can find someone to do Mark Murphy's job? I will I mean, go do Mark Murphy's job. Right. I will it, go do it. I like I volunteer as tribute. Yeah, I'll do it for half of what he's making as well. Exactly. Uh, but but you get what I mean? Like it's that is a dream job for a lot of really smart businessmen. Um, so it, it just kind of comes down to that. If that's even the issue, I don't know. I'm with you though, where it's like, you know what, 12, I think if you wanted out, he would have said he wanted out. He has not said that he wants out. I think ultimately this is a play for him to stay in Green Bay because he doesn't want to leave. He wants that security that he wants to be in Green Bay. And he he also has alluded to the, you know, the stuff about he doesn't really he doesn't really jive with the way things go in Green Bay. And that's why going back to David Bakhtiari saying what he said today, it almost makes me wonder, does David Bakhtiari kind of feel the same way? Do, is, is this like a is this a feeling amongst the veterans in Green Bay that they don't necessarily love the philosophy that Green Bay has? Because when you say, I'm excited to watch this unfold, does that mean he's kind of going to bat for you? That he's kind of going to bat for some of the older guys on the team that maybe don't appreciate, you know, kind of the draft and develop, but the young guys play more type philosophy, which, mind you, hasn't really been the philosophy the last few years, but that's neither here nor there. So I just think that's interesting. Um, and moving on from Aaron Rodgers, and I guess it is important to note that James Jones was just on NFL Network moments ago, really downplaying the Mark Murphy complicated fella. Uh, comments which were wild but uh just basically said don't read too much into it so there you go i'm james jones probably is one of the few people that is talking to 12 that has actually spoken with him on the issue so when he when he is saying stuff right now he is someone that i am listening to um but there you go that's our first 10 minutes of our show (laughs) dedicated to the the drama that is going on around 12 and i had a thought today ross where it's like and this isn't a this isn't a slight at any Packers podcast out there, but I was just I was I was in my car today listening to a few, and I just had the thought. It's like I don't I don't know what day this is. I don't know what 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 when what period of time this podcast was recorded because the news on Aaron Rodgers hasn't really changed since April. We're still sitting here, you know, pouring over few, the few words that we have gotten. And so it's just really interesting that not not a lot has changed. And I think that bodes well for for both sides, honestly, because I think it probably hasn't changed since before April either. But uh, speaking of the team, 
And what we're going to do today is talk about the rest of the team and not just the quarterback. We will talk about the quarterbacks on this team. And what Pro Football Focus did a few weeks ago that I thought was really interesting is they always do their preseason positional group rankings, and they did their rankings for the Packers. So we will roll through them and just go rank position by position, Ross. And I will tell you where Pro Football Focus has them, and I want you to tell me, is that too high, is that too low, or is that just right, and why? So let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, For the quarterbacks for the Green Bay Packers, Pro Football Focus has them ranked as a unit third overall in the National Football League. Ross, too high, too low, or just right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, I'd probably say too low if they knew Rodgers was in there. I don't, you know, I don't see how as the defending MVP, he's not number one or number two. Um, I think all conversations have to start with Rodgers and Mahomes at this point. And then you go with who, you know, who has a better number two or like a a number two that people care about more than Jordan Love. Nobody. Right. but I'm not going to quibble with it either. You know, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge deal. I would assume Kansas City and somebody else was was ranked ahead of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's ambiguity obviously involved with who the hell is number twelve going to play for. You know, I mean that's. Uh, but I don't know if that affected the actual rankings that they did or not. I would well obviously I would assume no, no, or they wouldn't. If they thought Love was actually going to be the starter, they wouldn't have ranked them three. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, I think they did to an extent. Kind of how that little hedge, yeah, little, little hedge. Because I think it was Kansas City and Buffalo that were ahead of them. So obviously they're going heavy on starters. But I think yeah, if you look at if you're truly looking at it as a group, what what team has the reigning MVP and a second year player that was a first round draft first round pick? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's. Uh, I mean, but like you said, third tough to argue with. But I, I would have them first. And if you're going just off talent alone, who's in that room or who is expected to be in that room, I don't think Green Bay. And I don't think uh, Bankert or Bortles is, like, terrible either. No. No, yeah. They talk about Bortles as well in that room. Like, that's uh, another first-round draft pick, top five draft pick. So he's not not talented. He's just not very good. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the running backs, and this is actually where I think it starts to get pretty interesting because at the running back position, they have them 10th. So, Ross, 10th for the Green Bay Packers. Running backs too high, too low, or just right? Oh, I think it's probably just right. Um, you know, I, I haven't looked at these ones specifically. 
but I think there's reason to be really bullish on the Packers' backs. I think, you know, Aaron Jones is certainly a top five, six, seven, eight guy. And then you can have your questions about um, Kylan Hill and, and A.J. Dillon, certainly. Uh, if that those happen to be the three guys that get work, um, A.J. Dillon was a widely mocked pick, and Kylan Hill's a seventh-round pick. So, you know, you can get into and, – and I don't know if you love, like, the pass-catching ability of anybody not named Aaron Jones, at least from a proven perspective, and that's what they're going to miss with Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams was actually, in my opinion, an overrated runner. Um, I, I – I get the put your head in somebody's chest and try to run them over thing. But, you know, Jamal wasn't 6'2", 240 either. Um, and I just thought it was not a very efficient running style. However, he's great at pass pro. He's great catching the ball. And that's something that, like, Dylan and Hill or Dexter Williams or whomever or Patrick Taylor are going to have to prove that they can do um, if they're going to use Jones in the slot or if, you know, he's not – Aaron Jones is not somebody who is – Stayed healthy his entire career. So it'd be interesting. Um, the saving grace in that, of course, is Amari Rodgers. You know, you can just kind of fix your way into that if you need to. Yeah, and I thought I thought you were going to go too high or too low on that one, but I agree that that's just right. And I think a lot of Packers Nation is really excited about the potential and the prospect of A.J. Dillon. But A.J. Dillon's only, you know, I, and I am too. I think A.J. Dillon's going to be a really good number two running back, I think, him and Aaron Jones have the potential to be one of the best tandems in the league, but he's only played, you know, we've only seen it one game. So yeah. um, when you boil it down, that's, that's really what we have to go off of. And I believe in AJ Dillon, but th- that's kind of just what we're going off of what they're going off of. So I, it's hard to fault them for putting them there. And honestly, if anything, you might say that's a little high even for, for what they have as good as Aaron Jones is. Uh, but the receiving core for green Bay. So they included wide receivers and tight ends the Aaron Rodgers weaponless Green Bay Packers came in at 14th um, for Pro Football Focus. Ross, too high, too low, or just right? It's too low. It's too low. You have the best receiver in the NFL and statistically one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I mean, you actually go in and you you do a deep dive on Robert Tunyon's numbers from last year. And not just because he was the tight end in an Aaron Rodgers offense. He specifically was incredibly good. And I don't think enough people are talking about it. Um, Marquez Valdez, Scantling being a legit deep threat. Look, deep threats, a lot of deep threats have drop issues. You add Amari Rodgers into that mix. You add the continued development of an Alan Lazard or the continuing development of an Equinemius St. Brown. Um, and then, then you add the wild card that is Devin Funches, who has shown nothing if he's not a functional third or fourth wide receiver. Uh, I just, this is a, this is an above average group because of the two elite players that they have, which is to say nothing of the potential development of a Josiah DeGuara or Jay Sternberger, both guys being top 100 picks. Um, not everybody unanimously, unanimously agreed with them being top 100 picks, but they're top 100 picks nonetheless. And you have, those two guys and another top 100 pick in Amari Rodgers, again, just teaming up with a legit deep threat, as you saw in the NFC Championship game, as you saw week one against the Vikings last year, as you saw in a number of big spots, basically saving the game against the Colts and then giving it back. But, you know, I, I, I think fumbles are kind of random. I think they're more random even than drops. Um, 
to me, that's above average. And 14th is a very average ranking. I'm not saying they're third or fourth or fifth or anything like that. But you have the best wide receiver in football. And mathematically, or at least by advanced numbers, you have an ascending top to tight end who is fifth. And, and that was something I saw even like on TDN was doing uh, like a, a attorney of all of the divisions and like their all-star teams against each other. And they chose Hawkinson over Tunyon and I audibly laughed. Yeah. And I, what I think is interesting too, is the, the running backs and the tight ends. I think you could almost flip flop them or, or at least give the, I think the receiver, the receiving core is at least a 10. I, I would probably put them at nine or 10. So I think they're a little bit low. I think they're a top 10 group because of what you just said. You have Devonte and you have, Tunyon, who are both, you know, studs at their respective positions. And what's interesting to me is, you know, obviously you're going to get Kansas City's in the top three. Okay. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. I'm taking Devontae Adams. Okay. Travis Kelsey, Robert Tunyon. Obviously I'm taking Kelsey. But beside, but beyond that, beyond those top two guys at, bo- at both of their positions, Neither of these teams, if you want to talk about depth, Kansas City's depth is worse than, than Green Bay's. Mecole Hardman, give me give me give me MVS over him every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. Like it's not even close. So it's just the the thought process behind it of saying, like, well, Green Bay's got these two really good options at wide receiver and tight end. But beyond that, you know, you have an inconsistent MVS, you have an Alan Lazard who we're not really sure you know about uh Funches, Amari Rogers, all that stuff. That's a lot better than what Kansas City's looking at, who's a top three group. I think they're second in this ranking. So I'm not saying they're as good as Kansas City. Like you said, I'm not saying they need to be above them. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to go with that process and say, well, Kansas City has these two studs, so they're a top three unit, well, so does Green Bay. So where do you put them? Uh, so that's just – it's interesting to me. And I, I know that PFF didn't love Tunyon. He's – I don't think he's a top ten tight end for them. But, frankly, okay. I, I think they're wrong. You know, so – um, and, and a part of that, I think, is that he's only done it one year. So we'll see. We'll see after this next year if he can do it again, um, if he was a flash-in-the-pan type guy, if it was a system type thing. Um, we, we will see. So offensive line, 15th. 15th offensive <laughs> line. Too high, too low, or just right? Too low. That That's wild to me. I mean, I get it. Like, PFF loves Corey Lindsley. Loves. Called him the best center in football, graded him the number one center in football, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, are they taking like Bach missing a couple games into this or what? Yes. So they, they oh, okay. It's, it says here that this unit could easily uh, be a top 10 unit again in 2021. Or maybe oh, that was okay. Zach, Zach Cruz wrote that. I'm looking at his article. Uh, but, but yeah, so there's, I think they're kind of hedging with him recovering from an ACL. But still, man, it's not. It's not 1972. You right. know, like, Bakhtiari is going to be back, and he's going to be a top five, top three left tackle in the NFL again. Elton Jenkins is maybe, you know, in the conversation for best interior offensive lineman. And then you have super solid Billy, uh, Billy Turner, and then you have options at right guard, and you have options at center. And the thing about Corey Lindsley and, and center play – and maybe PFF doesn't agree with me on this, but I've just always, always thought centers look a lot better when they have a stud playing right next to them. 
And that's and, and I don't think it's any I don't think it is any coincidence that Corey Lindsley had his career all pro year the same year that Elton Jenkins really took a step forward, even though I know he wasn't always playing in on the inside. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they, they, well, got, they got guys there. So my thing is you have two super elite players in Jenkins and, and Bakhtiari and last year showed Turner was at least a league average player. I mean, that's, that's what he was, which is, so, so, which is really good, you know, like right. offensive line play. So, you know, Lucas Patrick is, is fine. Uh, but you assume that you would hope that the Myers kid from Ohio State can be better than Lucas Patrick at center. And then at right tackle or right guard, depending on what you do with Billy, you know, you have a bunch of options. You you have the Ole Miss kid that everybody likes so much. Um, you you have uh, John Runyon Jr., who I like quite a bit. And there are, you know, the, the chances that, that Jake Hansen works out or Simon Stepaniak works out or – you know, Van Lannan works out or what about this Ben Braden kid too. Like, yeah, also, or, I mean, gosh, they got, there's, there's, there's depth. Right. So I, I just, no matter what, I think in worst case scenario, you're going to end up with two elite players and one league average player. And unless the other two guys that play are terrible, which I don't think they're going to end up being, then you're not an average. You're, then you're not an average offensive line, especially when one of those elite players is at the most important position on the offensive line. You have the best left tackle in football. It's very unlikely to me that they'll be average on the offensive line, yeah, especially yeah. also because their coach kicks ass. Right. No, that's that's a good point to make. Is Stenovich gets these guys ready to play, and I don't think, and he's got so many, he's got so many bullets in the chamber at that yeah. right guard position that, like, hey, if you're not cutting it, I got, I put this guy in, we'll, we'll be fine, you know. So I'm not worried about the offensive line until it's something to worry about. That's actually a group that I think that will be one of the the most fun positional battles uh, throughout training camp because it's going to be there's going to be good players. There's going to be good players fighting for starting jobs. There's going to be good players that don't start on this Packers offensive line. There's not a lot of teams in the NFL that have that luxury. So, um, and, and this is what's wild to me is the defensive line is actually ranked higher than the offensive line in this position on ranking. The defensive line comes in at 13th, too high, too low, or just right. Oh, kind of too high, yeah. you know. Um, I, I get how they can get there, you know. Um, I really, really, really like Kenny Clark. There's some shocking analysis for analysis for you, but um, they better like TJ Slayton, man, because I have had it with Dean Lowry, and uh, besides Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton, and Kenny Clark, it's just guys. It's just mm-hmm. it's just dudes. It's just whatever. Like, um. You know, maybe there are other defensive lines across the NFL that I'm giving too much credit, and and I just assume everybody has two studs, and, and maybe they don't. They probably don't. Um, but yeah, I you know, what like the doomsday scenario for me this year is what if Kenny Clark gets hurt? You know, I I, I just oh, am not in love with the options inside, um, unless the options inside include Rashawn Gary and, Z- and Zadarius Smith, and they probably do. Well, before you keep talking, so I made a mistake here. They did include. They've inc- they've included edge rushers in this rankings. Oh, so okay. that does that does change a lot. Then they're too low. <laughs> I'm going completely yeah. the other way. No, I mean you know you 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 hear everything around Rashawn Gary, and uh, if 
if Zadarius Smith finds anything of himself again, uh, you know, I don't love Edge for like Spider Garvin. I'm not in love with that idea. But when you're complaining about Edge four, you've kind of gone pretty far down the list of, of stuff to complain about. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see him, Randy Ramsey, kind of battle for that job. Um, Preston Smith in an absolutely beyond prove it year as Edge three. But with Gary and Z and Kingsley, Kiki, and 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 Kenny Clark, if we're just talking about a front, that's that's a different that's a different thing. Well, I think that's probably I think they're probably in the right range then, if you think about yeah. it. Because yeah. if the defensive line by itself is probably it should be real low, and the edge guys should be real high. So something in the middle, I actually think that's probably just right then. Um, if you're talking about big picture with everybody. Um, so I, I agree with that, and I like that we actually kind of unpacked it that way because yeah, kind of looked at both sides sure. of it. Um, so the next one, inside linebacker, PFF does not like Green Bay. Dead last, thirty second, too high, too low, or just right, Ross? Uh, it's probably a little bit too low, but not a lot. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know enough about it to uh, look in you know to everybody's because I'm I'm one of those guys that doesn't think they they matter very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, come on, Martin has some upside. I think, um, you know, Barnes has a, a little bit of, of juice in the tank potentially. Um, they really like Ty Summers. It, it turns out, I, I don't know, man. Um, Devon J. Campbell is fine, I, I guess. <laughs> I, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see where you could look at this Packers inside linebacker group and think they have a chance to be the worst in the league. Uh, I just don't think it matters. No, and it's funny because when Joe Barry was hired, you know, some people were like, well, maybe they'll care more about the inside linebacker position now. And I was one of them, you know, like not hoping they would, but just honest to God wondering, like, will they care more about this? He can turn Corey Corey Littleton into Corey Littleton. You know what I mean? And then watch Corey Littleton go somewhere else and not play that well. Like, you know, some of this stuff is coaching. We talk about how great Stenovich is, you know, uh, Maybe Barry really is that level of a linebackers coach. Maybe we'll see. Maybe Oren Burks will become Corey Littleton. That would be <laughs> that would be. Hey, you want to be a head coach? Show him that. I made Oren yeah. Burks good. Yeah, higher than that. No, so yeah, I think, uh, and I think to answer the question of do the Packers care about the inside linebacker position, um, they just signed uh, that. Yeah, what's the name? DeAndre Campbell. They're just going to keep doing that. Yeah. You know, every single year, expect them to sign. Antonio Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever. Uh, I get better, it. Yep. Better because they're always out there. They're cheap. You can, they, and, and they serve a purpose. They really do. So, uh, and then keep trying to develop young guys, you know, your swings in the mid to late rounds, and maybe you'll get someone on that rookie contract. Uh, what's going to really chap Packers fans' asses is when they do get a stud, you know, when they eventually do hit. On one of these mid-round guys, that's a, an above-average to good player, a, a Desmond Bishop type, if you will, and then don't resign him because <laughs> I don't care. Um, but moving on. All right, the secondary. So this is the last one on the rankings here. I think in its second highest, yeah, second highest um, amongst the group, uh, the entire team, PFF has them at six. Too high, too low, or just right? For the secondary, I, I think that's about right. You know, um, you've got Darnell Savage ascending, I think, star 
Doug Farrar really likes him. Thinks he's a top three safety in the league. Adrian Amos consistently a top ten safety in the league. Like never number one or number two, but like consistently a very, very, very good player. Um, you have one of the best corners in all of football, and then you got questions. So if you're gonna play Nicholas Base or play at least not Nicholas Base, but Nicholas a higher higher percentage of anything else, then you have three positions that are really good. And then you've got two positions that you just addressed in the top five rounds, including your round one pick. Um, and, and so there's plenty of possibilities there, uh, but there's also plenty of questions. Like if Eric Stokes isn't ready or Kevin King doesn't take another jump or Josh Jackson never makes it, or if Chandon Sullivan turns into a pumpkin and Jamar Jean Charles isn't ready, like you can still have two-fifths of that secondary that's problematic. I think all of all of those things – not working out seems unlikely, but maybe not. It, it could happen. You know, you you absolutely could see that happening. So, um, I, I I I tend to think that that's about right. I do too, and I think that's one group that I, if I would have to say, if there is a group besides the quarterback position that could end the year as a consensus top number one group in the NFL. It's the secondary, just because of what you touched on already. I mean, PFF loves Jair Alexander. They, they like Darnell Savage, and they love Adrian Amos. So you're looking at, you know, two-fifths of that spot, okay? So Kevin King, Kevin King, if he, if he just – if he levels out and can just be an average corner, which I think for the most part is what he is, and if you look around the league, there are a lot of Kevin Kings out there. He is a very league-average cornerback who played poorly in big moments last year. But if he can just be league average and be consistent, just be someone that doesn't get picked on consistently, you know, that that's helpful. That's super helpful. Or if Eric Stokes can take that job from him, that's even better. Cause that means that Eric Stokes is playing better than a league average corner. And then you have options at the slot position in Chandon Sullivan, hopefully, you know, the, the inverse of him being bad is him taking a step forward. The the inverse of Shamar Jean Charles not being ready is him being ready and being good. So I think, you know, you can look at this position and I think it's kind of a big pendulum swing where, yes, you have you have really, really good talent. Sprinkle man with some average veterans, sprinkle man with some young players who are ready to hopefully, you know, ready to take a step forward and help this team out in year one. So that positional group to me is what I think is the most exciting to watch this year just because they have talent all over the place. Um, Ross, so last thing before I let you go, give me your positional group that you're most excited to watch, um, or as David Bakhtiari said, you're most excited to watch unfold this year. Uh, the receivers. I mean, it definitely is different if Love is the quarterback and not Rodgers, but getting everybody back and – kind of being a make-it-or-break-it situation for a lot of these guys, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think watching MVS in a contract year has a chance to be really, really interesting. Watching the Devin Funches comeback tour has a chance to be really interesting. Watching Lazard kind of continue to uh, impress, and, and obviously Devontae in a contract year, and then adding finally a true slot weapon in Amari Rogers. I just think – that the group as a whole has constantly been slept on because everybody likes to make apologies for Aaron Rodgers and likes to complain about the way that the team has been stocked for Aaron Rodgers, um, that the the receiving group kind of gets shit on for 
no reason. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, there there could have been more investments here or there or whatever, but um, they catch a lot of stray bullets <laughs> for for really not not a ton of stuff that they did wrong. Yep. All right. There you have it, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you have time, uh, make sure you're going over to iTunes, giving us a five-star review. That's super helpful to the Pack-A-Day podcast as a whole. Um, but, guys, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, go pack it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.